feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer! I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. Dom and Chris here. And uh, before we begin, as always, make sure you follow us on social media, the two of us, as well as the podcast. Um, also, come check out Engel Studio, where we are recording in downtown Tucson for all of your audio needs. Uh, we've been picking up a few extra subscribers, so some of you are listening and paying attention. So thank you, and uh, let's pump those numbers up and continue producing quality content. Chris. Yeah, that's right, man. We're still uh, putting out episodes, and we still will. <laughs> so uh, we're talking about, which this kind of blew my mind. I would have guessed he was the tallest, or at least second. He was the fifth tallest NBA player of all time. Maybe six now with that new guy. Um, yeah, that new but, guy, that Wemby. Yeah, Wemby. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Yao Ming, the first uh, Chinese professional basketball player in uh, the Americas. Yeah, uh, Yao Ming, a guy who, like some of the athletes we've covered, uh, almost but not quite what could have been with Yao Ming, like the, especially in that era. The injuries with the bone zone. With uh, Oh, I know. I'm just saying, these bigger guys, <laughs> when you look at a career of like a David Robinson, of like there a guy <laughs> who plays these long and they're that big, you're like, oh, that that's like an extra thing. They have to stay healthy. Yeah, you know? like so many guys we've brought up, not, not so much, but Yao Ming, let's get into it. Yeah, Born yeah. Uh, September 12th, 1980 in Shanghai, China. And uh, boy, did, was he born to play basketball. So I, I'm going to have to jump right into it. And this is speculation. <laughs> um, but supposedly the Chinese government put the tallest man with one of the tallest women to make the tallest human. I mean, authoritarian regimes never practice selective breeding, do they, Chris? Just saying, eugenics worked out this time. <laughs> no, God. No? Is it too early in the podcast for that one? No, it's, I think it's we're such good. a. But it is. I, I can't who knows tell. Who watches us? <laughs> I can't I tell if it's one of those kind of like racists, or at least like like you were saying, like oh, this is the kind of the shit that the Chinese is doing, or if it is actually a story that. I That's mean, what's hard to tell. It's no worse than any of the dating shows they have now, like Married at First Sight. It's oh, like, it. you're tall, you're tall. Let's make China a new place for basketball. So we get this gigantic kid. Um, <laughs> at age nine, he was 5'5". Five, five. Yeah, he was 11 pounds when he was born. 11 pounds That was almost was like born. two of yep. me. <laughs> Like, yep. that's crazy. And considering China is emerging from the Great Leap Forward and the Cultural Revolution, babies aren't supposed to be that big. That's right. Like, not not at this particular time. They are supposed to be male, but not that big. Yeah, you guys know what I'm big. talking about. Well, we got a seven foot six lady in China Ooh, now. She was lucky. She was lucky. She was like, they were like, you can play basketball. Can't do gymnastics, but you can play basketball. Um, so basically, uh, both his parents were uh, six seven, six three basketball players, kind of hampered by said cultural revolution and all of the freedom that basketball brought. So their careers weren't as realized as they probably could have been, mm-hmm. you know, like others there existing now. Um, but like you said, age 10, five, five, went to the doctor and they said, you're going to be seven foot three. Yep. And you know what he said? No, I'm not. I'm be seven, six or whatever he ended yeah. up being. <laughs> Which is crazy because it, it, they could just tell that he was that 
gigantic of a person. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, oh, he really is going to be huge. And I imagine with basketball playing parents, with the Chinese government breathing down his neck, there is like, you know what? I'm going to get into basketball. I don't want to play basketball. I want to figure skate. I'm going to figure skate. <laughs> yeah, on ice. That'd be in Vegas right now. Oh, my God. Bones it would be amazing. Up. So at age 13, he tries out for the uh, junior team the Shang- of the senior team Shanghai Sharks. Yep. Um, at 13, you're trying out for a man's league. Yes. So he's, he, it's, I kind of looked up kind of what it is and it's almost like supposed to be like 15 to like 20 year olds or whatever. Yeah. So he's definitely playing with that, the higher or like that next level of kids. Whenever you see somebody like who's just better than his age group, yeah. you know? So he, he's on the Shanghai sharks and something happens that we see, throughout his career is he breaks his foot yeah and i it's one of those things where we were talking about it it's like if you have longevity you can sneak in a championship or something like that you know what i mean but yeah so he breaks his left foot early on it's like like you said bill walton they're our buddy the sabone zone with the back i was just gonna say there's so many of them yeah that you're just like man for three years he said he lost like seven inches off his vertical just based on just on this foot injury yes i thought that was pretty wild where you were like oh man he could have been more explosive or you know what i mean because he he really was a finesse player but yeah man it's it's crazy uh broke his foot i think they said for the second time yeah Uh, which at that point you're just like geez man um ends up playing for the shanghai sharks their senior squad and dominates but the this is the thing that i want to get into is like they there was speculation as to what the level of basketball was because at this time like you know in the 90s like late 90s you didn't know now no. you have a better game because you have people like marbury very, which we were yes, talking about exactly before, like going over you know granted you have nbaers kind of towards the end of their career going but there's a little bit more of a gauge to how good these guys are particular ages and things like that exactly um, he's uh, teamed with another future NBA player, uh, Wang Zhiji. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Sharks are one of the best teams in all of the CBA. Mm-hmm. Um, they lose the finals uh, the first two years. But the following year, when Zhiji leaves, Yao's the star, and they win the CBA title. And everyone's talking about this seven foot six Chinese mammoth of a well, human. Well, I was going to say, he, he really fills out, he becomes this huge person and they were saying like he he was just so unguardable that was like that was the big thing obviously they don't have other seven footers so there's still speculation as to how good he's going to be against other seven footers and the in 99 he's like wilt chamberlain of this chinese league exactly he's totally wilt chamberlain of the CBA. Picking up the for. ladies just like Wilt. Oh, man. Averaging almost 39 and 20 a game. But he's he's pressured to join the NBA draft in 99. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and ends up not taking it. He, he signs a contract with the Shanghai Sharks where they would take 30% of his wages forever. You gotta um, love that communism. So many, I was gonna say, there's so many stuff like this that you could see why teams were hesitant when he finally came out. Um, there was another rule that or law that the Chinese government instituted that they were going to take like 50% of his wages. And like, it's, it's pretty wild when you look at like the difficulties also, because 
that you didn't know if he was going to get released by them. Exactly. So are you going to spend a number one pick and then him not be able to play? Kind of like Sabonis. Exactly. Kind of like Sabonis. Like, are they just going to be like, hey, sorry, Yao, it's time for a re-education camp. Exactly. Like, exactly. I mean, you don't know. You don't know. With the first, oh, no, they took him to the gulag. Exactly. You, you just, you didn't know. There was speculation. Um, he puts together kind of like a team of... Mm-hmm. Team Yao. Yep, of... American basketball people, which kind of makes sense. Couple because, agents, yes. like uh, player and development and marketing people. Exactly. Just, you know, exactly. Like, what capitalism does, China? <laughs> Don't go there. But to almost reassure these teams, I feel like that was a big thing because. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to flake sh- out, but I'm sick of dunking on six foot three centers. Exactly, and he, he like, should go first. There's all of this stuff. So like. Draft comes around, and there was speculation that the Rockets were going to pass. No. And they got, and this is what I mean by this team, they got real confirmation. They were like, no, no, no. If he gets drafted, he's going to play. He's going to be, you know what I mean? Everything yeah. that you want to hear. Yeah, it, it almost reminds me of when uh, Olajuwon went to college. And, like, you know, they saw him firsthand. They're like, oh, no, you're the real deal. Yes. All right. Yes, We've very been much. fooled before, but you're the real deal there, big guy. A very, uh, very Rockets- Center. Yeah. It's such a weird. It really is. Ralph Sampson. Ralph Sampson. Yow. They're getting everybody from everywhere. Good job, Rockets. I know. Never would have thought that about Houston. No. <laughs> so much smog in the air. Uh, so, so, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, 2002, number one pick to the Rockets. Um, and comes with a lot of racism. A lot of racism? So, um,. People were saying that he was not going to be able to make it in the NBA. Once he comes up against real center defenders, he's going to fold. Um, Charles Barkley, think who, of- who's great, said that he would kiss Kenny Smith's ass if Yao Ming has a 20-point game in his first season. Which is kind of disrespectful for a guy who's dropping that many. Granted, you don't know. This is this is in the long ago, the twenty plus years ago. There wasn't on the internet. The long, long ago. The long, long ago. The before times. The before times. The providers. No. That's right. <laughs> uh, How long has it been? Twenty two days. Oh God! Don't you be making those South Park references with me. But. It is very, he is brought into a bunch of disrespect. That's the thing that I feel like you, you, I don't remember it. I remember the excitement of this like gigantic guy coming in, but man was other NBA players, especially very disrespectful. I remember detractors being like, look, this hasn't been done before. So we have no idea how this is going to go first, which is like legitimate criticism just like i don't know what the hell to expect yes like he could be amazing or it could be a total disaster first non-american to get drafted that didn't go to college so like that's this is what everybody is saying there's just speculation and because this is when people actually went to college yes and stayed like more than one and done yes exactly you think Shaq got rich playing in orlando (laughs) rich playing in college i got rich playing in college (laughs) but no like Criticism was not very nice. Uh, or I shouldn't say some of it was not very nice, unwarranted. Um, but uh, he goes out there and uh, starts proving some people wrong as a rookie. I was going to say, he drains 20 and makes Charles Barkley end up kissing a donkey, mm-hmm. um, which 
Nice little play there. Nice little... Uh, Chuck followed through, though. You yeah, know. Chuck followed through. I mean, it wasn't necessarily racist. He was just being like, no, nah, he's not going to do shit in yes, this league. Yes, yes. In very Charles Barkley fashion. But uh, well, now we start getting into some interesting things. December 16th, 2002, we're in Miami playing the Heat. And there decides they decide there's going to be a little promotion for the time the Rockets come to town. And what happens, Chris? They give out, I think it was like 8,000 fortune cookies. And to Yao's credit, I don't, I don't even know to whose credit, but he said, he goes, I didn't even know that was a racial thing. I thought that was an American treat. I had never heard of fortune cookies in China. And you're just like, oh, yeah, that's. That makes sense. That is an American invention. I mean, they would ban anything fun under That's a communist true. regime. Food? I'm, what is that? The reading of the future. <laughs> God dang. But, but that's that's that was the thing when he went, he didn't even like realize that was like a racist thing. On the other hand, oh, now we start getting into somebody we've talked about on this podcast a lot before. Shaq Fu <laughs> comes. It's in. not cultural appropriation, is it, Chris? Is it? <laughs> I mean, hey, we're going to go back and play that video game. I like that. <laughs> Shaq Fu comes in, one Mr. Shaquille O'Neal, and he has some pretty choice words uh, as to, he just says, like, do you want to say, I don't know if you All right, I'll do it. This All is right, I, coming from what he said. This is not me. Don't cancel me. Shaq responded uh, to their upcoming game uh, on January 17th, 2003 between the Lakers and Rockets. Tell Yao Ming, Ching Chong, Ye Wash Akso. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He heard that Yao like the cream of Sung Young Guy, so it was not. All right. That one was said by me, but what I'm Every saying... Chinese restaurant order? Wayne Campbell? Wayne Campbell? Uh, we're just having fun tonight, all right? So, But he really does. He proves everybody wrong. He's he's averaging what you want your rookie center to average, which was like four, or it was 13.5 um, points and 8.2 rebounds. I did feel like his rebounding wasn't as good as everybody thought it was going to be. Yeah, like Dennis Rodman would out-rebound the shit out of him. Exactly. And he's got like 10 inches on Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, but st- that's that's the that's the thing that is such a great. Then again, we have someone that big in the paint; he could just reach over everybody. It's not like he has to necessarily position himself and fundamentally do that. But then again, he's probably big that he can't contort his body. Yes, like these other smaller. I was going to say he doesn't have that vertical. He keeps breaking his ankle. I did want to say though, after that Shaq game, he sealed the game with a dunk. Oh yeah, just to shove it back just in Shaq Fu's face. Yep, Shaq Fu. And uh, Yao's a f- phenomenon his first season. Yes. People were stoked on him. Well, there's not the the detractors have kind of all shut up. Every, yeah. There's like this realization, especially because this is the center. Like, there's really great centers in this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, you have to be good. Um, the In between seasons, new coach Rudy Tomjanovich goes. For, I did want to bring up one oh, thing. Yeah, go um, ahead. He go starts ahead. the 2003 All-Star game as oh, a yes, rookie. Oh, yes, yes. Um, he's first-team All-Rookie, although he loses Rookie of the Year to Amari Stoudemire. Mm-hmm. He's the first rookie to start an All-Star game since the guy we did an episode on, Grant Hill. Grant Hill. Yep. Yep. So, But uh, new coach, and uh, Tracy McGrady joins him. I was going to say, this is the... Because it's kind of a shakeup. They bring in uh, Jeff Van Gundy, and 
he makes the offense really run through Yao. And that's something that you kind of see where they bring Tracy in and it's more of like him and Tracy are the stars. And they got rid of like, uh, I forgot who they got rid of, but... um, it, oh, they got rid of uh, I think Francis, Francis, and that's Mobley this year to yes. bring in McGrady. Yeah. Yes, um, so that's it's one of those things where it's a shakeup, and you kind of see this team have this huge potential. You yeah. know what I mean? That's especially with McGrady and him. It's like everything you want in this era of NBA. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, average. Uh, uh, they won 51 games then in 2004, 2005, and they're making the playoffs now. They're mm-hmm. starting like have, from going from the first pick to now competing for playoff spots. And Yao's your centerpiece in the middle, starting all star games. Yep, bringing fans around the world, including the most populous country in the world, to the NBA well, because he's in the air. I was going to say he he pretty much introduces NBA to China. Um, and gets them kind of hooked. Uh, and I think now, the or at least basketball, is uh, the most popular sport in China. Well, I mean, the NBA bows to the altar of the Chinese dollar now. I mean, with how much earning potential there is for the league there. That's, I mean, you can't deny it. There's just so many yeah. people. <laughs> That's capitalism, baby! It's capitalism. But no, he, he's up in his scoring average, 17, 18 points a game. And by 2005, 2006, he's really now becoming a dominant force in the league. And he, But and every single year, he's getting injured. He's missing time because of various well, foot and leg issues. Up to, up to this point, this is the thing that kind of blew my mind because I always remember him being injured. Up to 2005, he'd only missed two games out of 246. Yeah. So he started all of them, and then this literally, it's the, the like you were saying, the 2004 or five season. After that, I think he has one more complete season. Yeah. Where you're like, uh-huh. geez, because I always remember him being injured and out and like, it's the foot, it's the all of it. You know what I mean? Like he really starts to get injured in 2006, he breaks his knee. Yeah. Trying to block well, a shot. Which is like, how do you do that? I I mean, it, it just like freak accident when you're say, that large? Yes, I think there's so much weight on the knee. It, it's and then leading up to that point he was so dominant. So yeah. like that was the thing was um he had averaged 26.8 points and 9.7 rebounds. Um, but before he broke his right knee, yeah, broke, broke his right knee. Um, playoff loss to Dallas, leading by forty in Game Seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that's a ooh, that's a scorcher. It, it was brutal. So, like, th- this is the thing because if when we look back, obviously, um, there everybody just felt like there was so much potential, and it just they kept like getting in each other's way. Like Jeff Van Gundy's out this next this uh, off season. Mm-hmm. Um, 2008, he has a stress fracture to his left foot. And the, th- the thing is, he's so popular, and every time he's in the game, he plays well. He's just never right. No. And, and it sucks. And, and that's what we're saying is he's never has a full season. I think from 2005 to like 10, he literally just does not get to play. And the sad part is he's in um, 
2008, February 26th, with a stress fracture in his left foot. Not only does he miss the 2008 postseason, he misses the 2008 Olympics in China. In China. Which had to have just been devastating. Well, to put it in perspective, the first time that two Chinese players played each other, it was the Rockets and the Bucks. With, yeah, uh, Yi Jin Lian. With, thank you. And it was one of the uh, highest televised show or NBA games ever with I think it was 200 million tuned in in China and that, this is like a November early season this is not game seven no, of no, the this finals is, yeah. like with MJ this is a know? regular season team with two like sixth and seventh place I didn't even know the Milwaukee Bucks still had a team that's right at that point uh, they had uniforms and everything Chris. uniforms and everything paid the league minimum um, 2008-2009 though as you had brought up this is his last like full season in the oh NBA. yes, he played seventy-seven games. They won fifty-three, so that should kind of tell you how important and impactful he was to the team when he was on the floor. And the thing that kind of is messed up about the season is McGrady goes down with an injury. Yep. So they're they just can't get it together. Um, playoffs. They beat Portland for their first playoff win since eighty-two. I forget what it was, but it was like. A long time since they've had a play. Oh, uh, 97. 97, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy because you know who was on that team? Ask Kisser Charles Barkley. Oh, dang. I, I forgot that. That's interesting. Yeah. But he's, he's a 20. Donkey. Donkey Kisser Charles Barkley. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, that's but great. What's crazy is when he's playing, he's a 20 and 10 guy just like Tim Duncan. Exactly. From the center position. But Tim Duncan is just magically not hurting himself. But uh, they end up going to the second round against the Lakers. Mm hmm. No Shaq this time. No Shaq. He's doing something else. He's, yeah. Do, just doing something else. But they go, and this, I do remember this series and how competitive it was. And this was a Lakers team, I think, that went to the finals. Okay. Yeah, this was, I, yeah, I think they went to the finals uh, this season in 2008, 2009. Yeah. Um, has a great game one, mm-hmm. but, uh, Game three, he suffers a hairline fracture in his left foot and is iced. Well, it's it's one of those things where you see in sports where they thought it was a sprain, get it x-rayed, they say it's a hairline fracture. He says, well, it's better than it was when he broke it last year or the year before, oh, or whatever God. it was. And then they re-x-rayed it, and they were just like, okay, so it's actually worse, and you might not walk again and they were just like it was that's how literally how bad it was so and this is what we mean was he literally had to miss the entirety of the next season because he got surgery on it which as that point as a franchise you're just like how much longer can we keep doing this exactly like not that he's a malcontent or anything but it's just like my god his body's falling apart yeah and which is terrible so they bring him back 2010 2011 mm-hmm they were like, we're going to limit his minutes, not going to play, you know, consecutive nights, things like that. And then December 16th, another stress fracture in his ankle mm-hmm. this time, which at that point, you're, you're he has to miss the rest of the season. Also yeah. coming into play, his contract was expiring at the end of the season. He'll become a free agent, which, you know, five years ago, everyone would be on that Yao Ming train, but not now anymore. Exactly. So he retires from the Rockets in what would be considered kind of like a disappointment for maybe his potential. But if you look at his impact on basketball in China 
And he his, averaged 19 and 9 over his NBA career for a dude that no one knew what he was going to be. A exactly. complete and total mystery. But no no playoff success. And that was the thing when when everybody realized he was good and McGrady came in, I feel like everybody was like, oh, man, this could be something. <laughs> Someone's challenging L.A. and San Antonio. Exactly. No. And then just the injuries. It wasn't anything other, you know, it wasn't his wild lifestyle that Didn't we all know. Didn't his nose. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that's the thing. He was a great player where his body just kind of fell apart. Um, he did do, and he, he has done so much for basketball in China, even after retiring from the Rockets. Just as an ambassador, there's a good quote by NBA, longtime NBA commissioner David Stern, where he talked about how he was the bridge between Chinese and American fans, a wonderful mixture of talent, dedication, humanitarian aspirations, and a sense of humor. Can't take away that away from him, Shaq, you dick. Shaq didn't even think, he thought that Yao didn't speak English for years. So they were at an all-star game, and Shaq said something, and he responded in English, and he goes, I didn't know you spoke English. And Yao just goes, yeah, I speak fluent English. And it was such a – and you're just like, mm, man, these these quotes, these quotes by Shaq Fu might not be <laughs> – I call that the Squints Paladoris rule. Been planning it for years. You plan that? Been, did you hear that? He's been planning it. He actually had a good quote about him. He said, uh, Shaq, about Yao. He was very agile. He could play inside. He could play outside. And if he didn't have those injuries, he could have been up there in the top five centers to play the game. I agree. And I feel like his his game was very, like, built for an NBA now. You know what I mean? So, like, when some of those guys, their, their skills just kind of transcend where you're just like, oh, yeah, he would be good in any era. Obviously, as 7'6", he would dominate. Back in the seven day. six, you'd be good it's, in any era. Exactly, essentially, yeah. like you're not you're not not making the team. But his skill set was there, where yeah. it's like he could shoot. Yeah, exactly what Shaq was saying. That's a great quote. Um, in addition to his NBA success, I did read he had three straight FIBA Asia Cup gold medals yep. there for China. Uh, he, there, I guess him and there were a couple other seven footers. They called them the uh, Great Wall. The front line of the oh, yeah. Great Wall. Yep. Um, the walking Great Wall. And then, uh, well, because of his not only impact on the game, but how successful he was overseas and in America, he made the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2016, which I think is pretty cool. I think that's appropriate. Yeah. much know? Even though, you know, played four full se- It's like the Gale Sayers of basketball almost. You know, you don't play very, you know, don't, don't stack all sorts of seasons together, but still you're the, one of the most dominant players when you were healthy. Yeah, definitely. And and such a icon throughout his time. So like he was one of those guys that you just would go and see just to see, you know, not if you're a Rockets fan or no. whatever, you know. We got to see this guy who makes Charles Barkley kiss ass. That's right. <laughs> we got to. All right. Thank you all very much.